Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry at Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out the Living Room ATL on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. Anybody feel like you just need to take a deep breath after all that? Whew, I do. Um, TLR fam, how, how y'all feeling? Y'all good? Y'all, y'all with me? Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, again, if we've never met, I'm, I'm Matt, and I'm really excited for tonight. To everyone tuning in with us online, excited that you're linked up with us live right now online. And um, man, that was incredible. Like, this whole night has been a party so far. I mean, we've had confetti going off. We've had literally flames up here, but not real flames, fake flames. Still don't understand how that's a thing. We'll talk about that later. We got to celebrate with Gracie and Morgan as they took their next step in their faith through baptism. And uh, now we get to kind of open up the word of God. And I'm believing tonight that there's a reason that you're here in the room. And I don't know who you are. I don't know every single person in the room, especially with the mask on. It's hard to, it's hard to tell just by your eyes. Um, keep the mask on though, if you will, <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, but, but I believe that there is a specific reason that you're in the room tonight. In fact, I think that over the next 20 minutes or so, that if you would just be available in the form of saying, hey, you know what? I'm maybe not gonna let like this distract me for the next 20 minutes. I'm gonna turn it off. I'm gonna set it down just for 20 or so minutes. And God, I'm gonna listen. And maybe if you have something you want me to know, something you want me to hear, then God, would you just tell me it? In fact, I don't, I don't do this a lot at the start of my talk, but, but I just wanna pray right now. I just wanna pray that God would speak. God, I, I just pray tonight for the students that are in the room, for the students that are online. I pray tonight that God right now that Lord, you would give them attentiveness, not really so much to hear from me, but more so God to hear from you. Because God, my words really can't do much. They can encourage or inspire for a moment. But God, your words, one word from you can change our lives forever. So God, do what only you can do. It's in your mighty name we pray, amen. Hey, uh, I was thinking about it and I feel like in this season of your life, you probably get asked a fair number of questions, right? Like there's probably people who are consistently asking you probably like the same questions over and over again. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's your friends, it's your coworkers, it's your teammates, it's your boss, it's whoever it is. And they're asking you questions probably, I don't know for sure, but probably things like, um, hey, how's your GPA looking? And you're like, oh, (laughs) I forgot about that, you know? It's been a while since I've logged on to class. Um, But maybe they're asking you that question, like what, you know, how are your grades looking? Maybe maybe they're not asking you that. Maybe they're asking you more so like, yo, you dating anybody, you know? And you're like, grandma, like I've told you this yesterday. No, I'm not. And she's like, well, honey, you gotta put yourself out, you know? And you're like, chill. And maybe they're asking you that. Maybe maybe they're asking you like, have you found community? Have you made any good friends since, since, you know, moving to Atlanta and coming to college? And that's, are you good, you know? Are you making good? Good choices? That's probably a question you get asked consistently. Like, are you, you know, being wise, not living it up too much? Or maybe they've asked, like, have you found a job? Like, I know you're a full-time student and you're taking like 18 credit hours and you have no time for anything, but I'm sure you're working 30 hours a week too, right? Like, do you have a job? Or maybe they're asking you like, hey, I know you're only 19, 20 years old, but are you preparing yet for retirement? Like it's never too soon, you know, you should start like thinking ahead now, like open up a Roth IRA account, you know, like start prepping and you're like, with what, you know? Maybe they're asking you like, hey, are you like an online school? Like, like, how is it, you know? Are you loving Zoom? Are you loving like having to have your video on for two hours and listen to a lecture, you know, do you love it, you know? 
Maybe you do, I don't know. Or my favorite, maybe they're asking you the question, the question that you hear consistently is a question like this. Hey, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Like a decade from now. To which if you're anything like me, like my response to that last question, let's just talk about that one for a second, is like, yo, yo, can we just rewind real quick for a second here? And can you just ask me that again, but just say like, where do I see myself in 10 hours? I might have an answer for you then. 10 years, are you kidding me? Maybe some of you are like, Matt, I have my answer for you. Like I can pull it up for you. I know exactly what's, and if that's you, props to you. You're amazing. I need you to like help me plan my life because um, I still don't know where I'm going. But here's the reality. I feel like I'm still kind of in that season of life like my parents, my family, my friends ask me those questions consistently. And those are good questions. Like all those questions, I'm not trying to knock on them. I know it's kind of like, I felt like I was, but I'm really not. Like those are good questions. You should probably think about those things. You should, you know, kind of have an answer to some of those things. And I think the people that ask you those questions have really good intentions, you know, like they, they care about you. They want you to thrive in life. They want to see you succeed. You know, that's why they're asking you those things. But here's what we normally do, right? Normally we end up just kind of giving like some type of edited preset response because we just get overwhelmed, honestly. And we're like, man, I just can't answer another question. I don't know. I don't really have a good answer to that mom or dad or grandma or whoever it is. Like, I'm not sure. So what we do is we just come up, we formulate some type of like edited response to where we're just like, hey, I don't even really care what the question is. I'll just be like, oh, I'm good. Yes, yeah, all right. No, not yet, but I'm working on it, you know? Oh, we'll see, maybe down the road. Like we just, whatever your edited response is, we come up with some type of response that just becomes a preset to where we don't even really hear the question, but when questions come, we just plug in which response A, B, or C works. And that's the one we go for. And here's what I know to be true about questions, is that questions over time will begin to influence our priorities in life, what we really focus on and what we feel like matters most. Because if you get asked a question over and over again, eventually you're gonna to start to focus on that and you're gonna be like, man, this must really matter. Like if you keep getting asked about your grade point average, then you're gonna probably start to focus on your grades because you're gonna be like, man, grades must really matter. If you really you know, keep getting asked about who you're dating and if you're in a relationship with someone, you're probably gonna to start to think about that more often and focus on that. And you're gonna be like, man, I need to get on hinge. Like, I don't know, you know, I need to go out more. And there's a question tonight that I wanna pose to you. And I think it's a question that could be one of, if not the most important question you could ever consider in your life. I think this question that I'm about to ask you is a question that has the potential to radically shift everything in your life. And it's a question that my guess is many of you have never heard before, never really considered before. Maybe a question some of you have. And it's this question right here. What do you think God thinks when he thinks about you? Like, be honest. What do you think God thinks when he thinks about you? I, I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you, if you're being honest, you're thinking, well, Matt, it depends on the day. It depends on like the week, you know, like last weekend, uh, he, God probably wasn't real cool with me, you know, cause like last weekend was like spring break for me and, uh, I'll just leave it at that, Matt. You know, like God probably was like, yo, what are you doing? But Matt, this week and this, I'm planning on having a great week. I'm at, I'm at the living room right now, Matt. So like right now, God is so happy with me. He's feeling great about me. He's looking at me smiling, like me and God, you know, we're there, you know? And, and so a lot of you would say like, depending on the way I'm acting, depending on how much I'm going to church, depending on how much I read my Bible, depending on how often I'm praying, depending on what my prayers are like, depending on how my relationships are going, just depending on how I'm feeling, that would probably 
dictate and determine my answer to that question, what I think God thinks when he thinks about me. And if that's at all what you think, even just a little bit, then really what you're saying is, is that God has a response to that question that can and is edited. Meaning like, depending on the day, depending on how you're acting and living, God's answer to that question, what he thinks when he thinks about you can be edited, it can change. And here's what I want you to know tonight. Here's what I need you to know. If you hear me say nothing else for, for the rest of the time we have together, I need you to know this. God's response to that question, what he thinks when he thinks about you, it is not an edited or preset response. No, his response is explicit. It's explicit. And do you know what the definition of explicit is? This is the definition of explicit. I just looked this up today, in fact. Explicit means this. Stated clearly and in detail, leaving no room for confusion or doubt. That's what explicit means. How many of you have ever heard like an edited song on the radio? You know, like a song that's edited, it's made for the radio and you hear the song and you're like, oh yeah, like this is my vibe, this is my beat, you know? And then you're like, I could play this for like my third grade niece. And so like you go home that, that night and like you're like, hey, like, or you're in the car, you're like driving her to get ice cream, you know? And then you start playing the song and you're like, oh, I'm gonna play this song. You go to YouTube, you type in the song and all of a sudden the lyrics start coming out and now it's not the edited version. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she's like, why are you yelling? And you're like, no reason, you know? And you're trying to like turn down the song. There's a big difference when a song is edited, when it's the clean version, or when it's the explicit version. Like, things change when you go from edited to explicit. And tonight, for the next few minutes or so that we have left, I'm going to do my very best. I'm gonna give my best attempt to give you the most explicit version of the gospel as I possibly can. And maybe you're like, well, Matt, what does gospel mean? Gospel is a word that just means good news. So every time I say gospel, you can just hear good news. I wanna give you the good news of a man named Jesus Christ. And to do that, we're gonna take a look at a book. It's actually a letter called Ephesians. And let me give you just a little bit of context for Ephesians so you know where we're diving into. Ephesians is in the Bible. It's in the New Testament, the second part of the Bible. And Ephesians is written by a guy named Paul. Paul was a close follower of Jesus. And Paul is actually writing this, this letter to the church or to the believers, to the people who follow Jesus in Ephesus. And Paul is writing this letter from a prison cell. He didn't deserve to be there, but he was there. That's where he's writing this letter from. And then the first part of this letter, this letter is, is six chapters, I believe. And in the first part of Ephesians, Paul is explicitly reminding the people of the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ. So he's writing this letter to Christians, to people that believe. And in the first part, in the first three chapters, Paul is explicitly reminding them of this gospel, of this good news. And so we're gonna dive into Ephesians chapter one, right at the beginning, let's read this together. It says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So Paul's saying, hey, God has given you everything you need for life here on this earth and life eternally. He doesn't just bless you with things that we think of like material blessings, money, or opportunities. Like he could bless you with those things, but God blesses you with things that are far greater than that. God doesn't just give you temporary blessings. He gives you blessings that will last, blessings that are eternal, things like joy and peace and purpose, things that go beyond just like, like a few more dollars in your bank account. Goes on, he says, for he chose us and him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Keep going. 
in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. We can finish this off. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, I don't know what happened there, that he lavished on us. So here's what Paul's saying. You know what this word redemption means? Redemption means to be saved, to be bought back, to have a second chance. He's saying, hey, in Jesus, we can be saved from our sins. Our sins can be forgiven. He goes on just a few verses later, verse 13, check out what he says. He gets even a little bit more explicit. He says, when you believed, You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Paul says, hey, when you believed, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, he says, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is a deposit for what's to come. I wanna talk about that word marked for just a second. I think a lot of you, when you think of being marked, you think, yeah, I've been marked before in my life, Matt. I'm marked right now by a whole lot of things that I wish I could erase. Like I'm marked by my past. That's what it feels like. Like when I wake up every single day, I feel like I am just marked by something that I don't wanna be marked by, my past. I'm marked by by my struggles. I'm marked by my, my hurt, things that have been said to me, said about me, things that have been done to me, things that didn't happen for me. I'm marked by my insecurities. And so when you hear that word marked, maybe that's what you think. You think, yeah, I am marked, but I am marked by some things that I wish I could just take some white out and just erase it right out of my life. But I want you to know that in Jesus, you were marked on purpose. You were marked on purpose. God marked you on purpose when he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins, for my sins, and for the sins of humanity. Just a little bit later in in Ephesians chapter two, we go there to Ephesians chapter two, verse one. Check this out. Paul says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. Paul says, hey, listen, let me just make it as explicit as possible. You were once dead, incapacitated. You had no hope. There was no future for you. You were dead in your sins. All of us have sinned. All of us have messed up before in life. And Paul says, hey, One sin separates you from God. It doesn't matter if you feel like you have a little bit of sin in your life or a whole lot of sin in your life or somewhere in between. One sin separates you from God. Paul says your sin separated you and you once were dead. You were dead in your sins, but but that's not where it stops. We we go on just a little bit. Verse eight, check this out. Ephesians 2, eight. He says, hey, but for it is by grace that you have been saved. Grace, that word grace means undeserved favor. It's getting what you do not deserve. Paul says, it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. 
And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So how are you saved from your sins? If there's this separation, whether you've sinned once or a million times in your life, how are you saved from that? What bridges that gap now between you and God? Grace, getting what you don't deserve. Grace is how you are saved through faith. You can't earn it. Grace is a gift. You only can receive it. That's it. And then Paul says, God prepared in advance good works for you to do. Meaning this, you were marked on purpose for a purpose. Like when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're marked on purpose. You now have the Holy Spirit alive and at work in and through your life. But not only that, you were marked on purpose for a purpose. Like God did not just send Jesus down to earth to die on the cross for my sins and for your sins and for the sins of humanity just so that we could get into heaven. Like that's a big part of it. But God also sent Jesus so that we could put our faith and trust in him. And now here in this life, we wouldn't waste it. No, we would bring heaven down here to earth. God says, hey, I've marked you on purpose for a purpose. So let me just break this down for you in case you're like, Matt, uh, uh, just summarize it for me, bro. Okay, here we go, you ready? God created. God created the world, everything we see, and then he created humans and he said, mm, that's it. Humans, that's my, my, my prized possession. Everything else is good. The mountains are good. The ocean's good. The animals are good. Everything else is good. There's a whole lot of beautiful, amazing things in this world, but nothing even comes close to how God feels about human beings, to how he feels about people. But then what happened next is we messed up. Humanity messed up. We sinned. We went our own way. We fell short. So there's this separation now between us and God. And God knew this. He, he saw what our greatest need was. I've said this before and I don't have it memorized, but if our greatest need was money and finances, then God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need was just fun, then God would have sent an entertainer. But no, our greatest need was our sins. So God sent a savior. And so God sends Jesus and Jesus paid the penalty. He died on the cross after living a perfect life. And he died on a cross for your sin and for my sin. And again, for the sins of humanity, for the sins of the world. So that now, if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, because he didn't stay dead, three days later, he rose victorious over the grave. Death couldn't even hold him. And so God, Jesus rose victorious. So that now if we put our faith and trust in him, we too can have victory over our sin. And so we can have redemption. God created, we messed up, Jesus paid the penalty. We now can have redemption. I, I wanna close with a story. And yesterday was a really big day for um, my family, specifically because March 14th is the day that two years ago on March 14th, 2019, um, our daughter, my wife and I have one little daughter, and two years ago, she officially legally became a noblet. 
Like the process of adoption had officially been finalized and stamped. But listen, that wasn't like just all that happened in that one day. No, 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 it was a whole process. Like, let me rewind about two years before March 14th, 2019, close to it. That's when Ann and I started talking about adoption. We knew that God was calling us to start our family through adoption. We had prayed about it. We had talked about it. We had sought out counsel. We had talked to other people about it. And we knew, we were clear. And so we started the process and there was a ton of paperwork that we had to go through, a ton of classes, a ton of road trips that we had to make to go to these classes. And then we had to wait for a long time. And then we had to figure out what direction we wanted to go with. And then eventually we got the call that we had matched with the birth mom. It all happened pretty quick at that point. We met our daughter Willow at the hospital the night she was born. Had to wait a few weeks until we could cross back over the state lines from the state that she was born in back into Georgia, come home to Atlanta. And then we had to wait a few more months until everything went through, all the paperwork was approved and the judge lined up an appointment and a time for us to chat. And we went in that day on March 14th, 2019 and it all happened so fast. It was like 10 minutes, maybe less. And the judge calls us on the phone because we couldn't be there in person. And he was like, hey, he asked us a couple questions. We're like, yep, yep. Then he's like, great. From this day forward, Willow Hope is now your daughter forevermore. And I'll never forget those words. Willow Hope is now your daughter forevermore. And let me tell you, my, my affections in that moment didn't shift. Like I loved my daughter as much as I ever did before that moment and after that moment. Nothing about my affections for my daughter in that moment shifted. But you know what happened? In one moment, with just a few words, the relationship was solidified. And now for the rest of our lives, I'll get to be Willow's dad and we'll get to be Willow's mom and Willow will get to be our daughter. And nothing can change that. In one moment, the relationship was solidified. And here's what I want you to know. Jesus already went through the whole process for you. He already went through the whole process and his affections can't shift. He, like you have no idea how crazy in love Jesus is with you. Like, and I, and I know some of you are like, Matt, no, I don't believe you, bro. Like, again, you don't understand. A couple of weeks ago, I was, I was turning up, you know, it's spring break this week. I'm, no, it doesn't matter. It, it honestly doesn't matter. Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine and nothing you could do could ever shift that. So his affections for you can never change. They won't shift. But in one moment, you can solidify the relationship between you and God simply by saying yes to receiving his grace. In one moment, he's already gone through the whole process. Everything's been worked out. And in one moment, you can respond and say yes. And the relationship between you and God is solidified for the rest of your life forevermore. You're his son, you're his daughter. How amazing is that? That's the, that's the gospel. It's the greatest news you could ever wrap your mind around. It's hard to wrap your mind around it. Like, don't we have to do something? Isn't there a follow-up? Isn't there a next step? No. Like the next step is to go live in that freedom now of being a child of God. 
And so here's what I wanna do as we get ready to close. I, I just wanna give someone the, the, the opportunity. I, I would, this would be a huge miss if I didn't take this chance to give someone the opportunity to, to solidify the relationship between you and your heavenly father. You don't have to know everything. What I just said tonight, if, if this is all you know, then you know more than enough. And so what I would love to do is I'd love to invite all of you in the room right now to just bow your heads, close your eyes. Everyone online, you're welcome to do this with me as well. And if tonight is your night, if, if this is the time when you know that at some point you felt this tug on your heart, at some point you said, man, I, I need a savior, then I'm just gonna invite you to say this prayer with me. And listen, this prayer doesn't save you. This prayer just solidifies what God is doing in your life, in your heart right now. And just pray these words. You can pray them out loud. You can pray them silently. You can whisper them, whatever you need to do, online as well. Just say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner in desperate need of a savior. I believe that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. And tonight, in this moment, I am choosing to place my faith and trust in Jesus's death and resurrection. And God, I wanna follow you. I wanna follow Jesus from this day forward the best way that I know how. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you want to stay connected, follow us on Instagram at The Living Room ATL. Remember, TLR fam, we love you, we're for you, and we'll see you next time.